I'm Warren Smith, and I'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. You know, here at Ministry Watch, we bring you news about Christian ministries, as well as the latest in charity and philanthropy, news that we examine from a Christian worldview perspective. Our goal is to help us become better stewards of the resources God has entrusted to us. These midweek extra episodes are a chance for us to go deep on a particular topic. Today, I'm delighted to have on the program Brant Hansen. I wanted to have Bran on the program because we've been writing about Christian radio here at Ministry Watch. In particular, we've written a series of stories about radio station WPOZ in Orlando, Florida. It's known locally as The Z. A lot of current and former employees have reached out to Ministry Watch with stories of bullying and a toxic work environment. These stories have helped to generate an online conversation in the Christian radio industry, and Brant Hansen has been an important part of that conversation. He's written two stories that address the workplace abuse and toxic culture in the Christian radio industry, and I wanted to have him on the program to share his insights and experiences. Brand Hansen is a syndicated Christian radio host heard nationwide on more than 200 radio stations as well as on his podcast, which has been downloaded more than 10 million times. His work has been featured in CNN, The Washington Post, Relevant Magazine, and U.S. News and World Report. Well, Brant, welcome to the program. It's really great to have you. And, uh, you know, I've been covering this radio station situation down in Orlando, Florida, WPOZ, known as the Z. I know you don't know, um, you know, a lot of what's going on down there, so I won't put you on the spot relative to that particular situation. But you've been writing some uh, for a while, not just this week, but for a while about kind of the condition of the Christian music uh, and particularly the Christian radio industry, and that there needs to be some change there. Your most recent article is one called The Way We Do Things Matters. Uh, it came out this week on an industry publication called hisair.net. Uh, tell me about that article and why you felt motivated to write it. Sure. I actually wrote that years ago, but I, I uh, thought it would be timely because people are dealing with similar issues, and I can't speak to the Z88 issue, although I will say that that station, for people who aren't, aren't uh, aware of it, like, that station's incredible. It, it just has been an industry leader. It's been number one in its market repeatedly. And that's not number one Christian station. That's number one station. And I think it's the first station, Christian station, that ever achieved that. Like, so I, my my only impression of Z88 from afar has been, wow, they know what they're doing. Um, but I, but the problem of, now separating it from that, which I can't speak to that situation, but the issue of narcissistic leadership is rife, like in Christian ministries, you know, and Christian radio is no exception. It's weird too, because you look at the cross-section of, you know, any professions that attract narcissists, uh, ministry always pops up really high and, and media always pops up really high. So we're at the cross section of that. <laughs> so right. we're going to yep. have, have people that have some serious uh, struggles in that area. And it's a real problem. And the, there's a, there's a bullying thing that can happen. There's a, an ego out of control uh, thing that can happen. Um, 
There's a proximity to the music industry thing that flips a switch for a lot of people so that they think they're big stuff. They're rubbing elbows with this star, that star. And I've, I've seen it a lot. So that's what prompted me to write it. There's also the thing too, what I was trying to get at in the article, the temptation is always based on metrics. It's just like church stuff now where we think, well, he's, he's attracted 6,000 people or he's got a church of 20,000 or he's got a this or she's done that. And like, so, I mean, that's, that's my reaction because that's not, that's not an excuse for the behavior. But people will say, but look at the fruit. You can't argue with the fruit. Yes, I can, because that's not the fruit. The fruit is love, joy, peace, gentleness. There's, a, there's a meekness. There's a list of fruit that we're given. That's the fruit. So if you've got something where you're, you're thinking, well, but he did this, he did that. No, no, no. How did he do it? How did he treat people? The way we do things matters. Jesus is the way. What you just said there, it's really strikes such a chord with me because, you know, it's like you said, the fruit is not the numbers of people. For one thing, if somebody gets saved, that wasn't because of you or me, right? That was because of God. That was the Holy Spirit. That was God's grace that did that. That wasn't me. And um, the fruit that God is trying to produce in our lives are those qualities that you mentioned, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering, and so on. Um, so that that really strikes a deep chord with me, and I really appreciate you saying that out loud. I also want to something else that it seems to me as an outsider kind of looking into the Christian radio industry that's also an issue is that not only do you have these narcissistic leaders, and you talked about some of the reasons why we might have them, but you also have staff that are in kind of a tough position as well. You've got people that are lower down in the organization, um, they just want to serve. They might have been blessed by the radio station and getting a job there feels like the fulfillment of a dream to them. They can't um, go to another radio station probably without uprooting their family and moving to another city. Uh, and it, in some ways, it kind of traps them under a narcissistic leader, um, puts them in a position where they, if they speak up, they're going to lose their jobs. That's absolutely true. And there's a lot of people that are in that situation. I mean, the radio industry is, is, is much condensed from what it was even 10 years ago, certainly 20 or 30. Like, there's not that many stations that are hiring people. There's not that many other places to go. So you do feel trapped. And you're put in a position because of the extra. That would be one thing if you're working for somebody who's a bully uh, in any job. But when it's got the veneer of Christianity about it, too— you're also given this. Um, you're also given this suggestion, whether it's overt or not. Which is, look, we're all broken, right? So grace, which is which is true as far as it goes. Of course, I mean it's, that's absolutely true. We're all broken. We know this. We're all desperate for grace. But I learned something when I was doing talk radio years ago. A boss had to had to tell me. I used to want to be really graceful and nice to the callers because they were calling my show. I didn't want to just hang up on them or just let them go after, you know, 20 seconds. And my boss called me in his office and he said, Brent, you're doing a great job, but you got to hang up on these people. Uh, he's, he's like, I know you're trying to be nice, but you know what? When you're nice and graceful to that one person, you're being abusive to everybody who's listening. And I realized that, like, th this, this idea that I'm being graceful towards this one person, like, yes, I want to be graceful, but that doesn't mean they should get to hold on to their jobs forever. Like yeah. uh, they can, they can, they can grow. Maybe, the, maybe the grace is helping them find a new way to live and 
releasing all these other people from putting up with this stuff. But for some reason, if somebody's at the top of a, of a flow chart, we think that we need to be extra graceful with them and allow them to do whatever the heck they want. <laughs> right, like, right. That's just, well, that's a you tricky know, thing. Especially I, where I'm from in the South, you know, everybody says be nice, not really realizing that kind, true biblical kindness sometimes doesn't look like Southern niceness. And I remember uh, a, men, a friend of mine once we, was sitting at a four-way stop sign and I was with him in the car and everybody was kind of signaling the other person to go trying to be nice. And my friend said, you know, if people don't stop being nice, somebody's going to get <laughs> killed here. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that's perfect. That's that is perfect. You know, sometimes being, you know, showing true love, right. um, you, you know, requires standing up for the for things that are good, true, and beautiful and, and standing up for uh, for people that maybe are not able to stand up for themselves. I will say this, if it's okay, I want to add to that. I'd like to encourage people, like if it, with my own experience of walking out from a big job, because for conscientious reasons um, and not having anything lined up, uh, just asking God, please help me. This is nuts on paper. This is, but I can't do this anymore. I don't want to be a part of this. I don't trust these people. And in my situation and in my producers, who are the lady who works with me, uh, God has been really good on the backside of that. Like we couldn't have charted it. We did. We had no idea what was going to happen. We were, we went from, I don't know, five, 8 million listeners or something to uh, a Radio Shack microphone on our back patio doing a podcast and started from there. But I, I just want to, I, I do want to encourage people because I do think God's in that. He's, he's, he hears our cry and there's, it's hard to stand up and to say something. Sometimes you might, you might wind up having to make new plans, but God's not going to leave us there. I think. Yeah. Well, the other side of that coin, first of all, that's a great word, a great testimony, and I really appreciate you sharing it, Brian. But I think you'll also agree that sometimes it doesn't work out well for people and that I think it's a, there's a responsibility for the rest of us to come around those folks that are making some decisions based on conscience that, um, like, I'm, I'm thinking about some of the folks at the Z right now. They've been fired. They've, five people have left their jobs. Some of them fired. Some of them quit out of con- for conscience reasons just in the past week. And um, a lot of them don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, I know. I, I guess I'm not proposing it. It's a, it's a formula. But in my own case, I have seen some good things come out of it, but I wouldn't want to go through it again. Yeah, right, right. Well, so Brant, we started off talking about this article that uh, you said you wrote several years ago, but was just re-aired recently on uh, hisair.net, The Way We Do Things Matters. Um, there's another article that you wrote several years ago, which um, I found fascinating and intriguing and kind of of a piece with your more recent article uh, called Bump Into a Tree, See What Falls. And that is that sort of that idea of of, of fruit bearing. What is real fruit? Uh, and the thing I love about that article is that it's the idea that you know, you got to bump into the tree. Sometimes you, sometimes you don't really know what the fruit of a person is until they're in a tough situation, until they get shaken up a little bit, until they're, um, you know, being tested. Uh, say, say more about the article and where that idea came from, because I thought it was great. Sure. I, I guess it's an African proverb um, that you can tell the fruit by when you bump into the tree. And I, I, like when I'm, when I'm crossed, what am I like? Now, now we know. 
Like, because anybody can be on stage and come across. Like, I've been raised around religious hypocrisy. Like, this has shaped my entire life. Anybody can go on the radio. Anybody can get on a stage and be super Christian. Awesome. But what happens behind the scenes or what happens when that person is crossed will tell you what kind of fruit, what kind of tree this really is. You will not get it from, I get attention for being a Christian. And that's not, that's, that's a, a, that's not going to reveal my, my real self. But I've seen it. I've seen it on both sides, though. I've seen people crossed. Uh, one, one boss in the Christian radio industry was upset that I left, for instance, and um, hurt and blessed me and continued to be a blessing to me and continued to encourage me as I went you know, to a different place to do my job. Like, you know, he didn't get what he wanted, but I see gentleness and patience and kindness and love. Like, it, but it's only when you're crossed. Another situation at, at the... At another major Christian network, uh, I was threatened to be crushed by lawyers when I left over nothing. I didn't do anything, but it was just like, you don't cross us. And I'm like, what in the world? And that's, this is a huge organization. Uh, but they, in both situations, I'm leaving. Um, and one, it's blessing. And the other, they're going to crush me with lawyers for something I didn't do. And that's just, to me, it, it reveals who we really are when that happens. And when people say, this guy's a great man of God, whether it's a, a church pastor or, you know, she's a great woman of God. I heard her on the radio. Like, uh, maybe, maybe not. We don't know, do we? We know that we know that God can use anybody. He does it in the Bible. He speaks, he speaks from Balaam's donkey. I mean, he can use anybody, but, um, the idea that I know that this person is just incredible. Well, let's see. Let's see what Brant's like when he doesn't get his way. That'll tell you. Yeah. Well, Brant, I'd like to pivot in our conversation just a little bit and talk about. Um, I don't know. May, may, maybe this is a fool's errand that I'm on by asking this question. Maybe it's um, uh, too big of a task. But uh, I want to talk solutions. Um, you know what? What is it that um, listeners to Christian radio can do? Donors to Christian radio can do. Employees of Christian radio stations can do. And, and maybe there are different things. Maybe there are some of the same things um, to try to change this culture that. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's too much to say that there that this is a pervasive culture in Christian radio. I know a lot of folks in Christian radio that I love, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of um, you know stations that are not like what I have encountered in my reporting of WPOZ down in Orlando. But it does seem to me that there's more of this going on in Christian radio than should be happening, even if it is not pervasive. Yeah, um, the, the the majority is, I think, really wonderful. Uh, but that's that's it's. I think it's on par with how we talk about church, right? I mean, we've got we've got prestige to be had. We, there's money to be had. There's ego trips to be had. Just like in a, in a church, well, that happens. And um, the weird dynamic culturally that I think we could that needs to change. I don't know how to do it necessarily. Is boards need to be more involved and not cult of personality. So often I've seen this in multiple organizations where the CEO or founder or whomever is the conduit for all information to the board and anybody else is a threat. Like the very fact that the board could be informed on something not through the CEO is just, you know, what, what I've seen that over and over. And so they don't really know what's going on. 
And after a CEO or a board, you know, somebody who's toxic has been there for a while, they've shaped the board and their image and there ain't nothing you can do about it now. Yeah. And I know you don't want to talk specifically about the WPOZ situation, but I will because I've been reporting on it and we've put all of this in our website. The The board at WPOZ is just five people. One of them is the president, Jim Hogue. Three others are people who report to Jim Hogue. They're actually his employees. And there's only one outside uh, board member in that situation. And I can tell you that from our work here at Ministry Watch, that's a pathological situation that boards need to be larger than five people. Seven to nine is kind of what we recommend. And the majority need to be independent, people that are not beholden to the president or executive director. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's got to happen. The other thing, the, the, the reason I'm cool with talking about this, I think it's good to talk about this or write about this or be on, on Ministry Watch. Like, I, I Actually, by the way, I'm a fan of what you do. I've listened to the podcast before. And I've, I read the website and whatnot. But I, the reason I'm good with talking about it is I don't want to necessarily stigmatize a person, but I do want to stigmatize this narcissistic approach to leadership. And we need to talk about it so that it's recognized more quickly for the cancer that it is. Like it's, it shouldn't be hush, hush, like, oh, let's not talk about that. No, 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 let's do it. Uh, because it is a problem, whether it's more in Christian radio than typical church culture or not. You're right. There's too much of it. And uh, so I do think that's actually part of the solution is actually stigmatizing this and talking about it more, including talking to people who work. I, I was thinking about doing a webinar soon uh, where we talk about working in a, in a toxic workplace and doing it for other people who work in Christian radio. How do you handle working for a narcissistic boss? Again, you could do this in any field, but I'm in Christian radio, so I do think it's it's worth talking about equipping people to recognize what's going on and maybe acting as a check because we are talking about it on people who have been bullying for a long time and it needs to stop. They get internal reports. This happens a lot. You get an internal report on the cor corporate culture and then it's quashed. I mean, that's, that's not abnormal. And, but that's what I'm, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Let's recognize that for what it is and then, uh, and go from there. Yeah. Well, it is. In fact, that's exactly what happened at WPOZ, that uh, they actually brought in an outside pastor. Joel Hunter, who is very well known nationally, um, was brought in, interviewed the staff, presented a report to the board, and nothing really happened. So I, I guess, you know, I know you're not an expert necessarily in this stuff, Brant, but I, but I do, you know, I am interested in your opinion, of course, or I wouldn't have asked you to have this conversation. Um, you know, uh, what do you do whenever you've, um, you know, gone to the person directly. You followed sort of a Matthew 18 approach of confronting the person individually. You kind of enlarged the circle after there was no response there to talk to two or three others. In this case, they went to the board. They brought in an outside pastor. No change at any step of the way. At some point, you exhaust your options other than to go public, which is what the staff there did when they called me. Um, is that the right approach? Is there something else uh, that they should be doing or that we should be doing? You know, the okay, there's a couple of issues that come up there and I'm not an expert, but I would love to hear somebody who is more thoughtful on this, at least theologically than me, talk about Matthew 18 in an environment that's, again, a flow chart in a, in a power structure. Like, do I really just every, what if there's 200 employees, you know, like, do I really go to the CEO and tell him he sinned against me? 
is that really what the scripture is calling me to do? Like it's a, it's a little bit, I would love to have somebody speak to that because that, that makes it a very difficult thing. Uh, but I do think if the system is gamed, talking to somebody outside the system who has a microphone or a, a keyboard is, is a good idea. In, a, in the Christian context, like this is about the kingdom. It's supposed to be about the kingdom. So this is not giving corporate secrets to the Chinese. This is, this is right, like right. with other believers talking about, hey, I've got a problem here and trying to do it as responsibly and lovingly as possible and responsibly. It can't be an ax grinding thing, but we need these ministries. Christian radio is awesome, man. Like people will joke about it or whatever. They'll get too cool for it or something, but the difference it makes in people's lives because we don't have anything left in our culture that continually brings people's thoughts back to Christ. Like, is that, is like, the tying on your wrists or putting it on your door frames. Like, like we need reminded constantly and Christian radio plays that role when it's done well and we keep it Jesus centric and we don't treat it like some sort of a corporation, like, and it's relational, like there's, it's really personal and powerful. So we need these things to be healthy. So I, I think, I think if, if you run out of options internally, I, I think, it, because it's a ministry, people do need to know about that stuff. Yeah. Well, of course, uh, at Ministry Watch, we agree. And, of course, and our motivation is to bring glory to God and to seek uh, restoration and healing uh, for the ministries and for the people involved in those ministries, which is not, by the way, the motivation of the Washington Post and the New York Times whenever they get their hands on one of these stories. You know what? That's, a, that's another thing I have thought about, because there are some situations where I, I've just like been, I've even alerted within an organization, like, you better hope that this doesn't fall in the lap of the local big city paper. They would love to take down something like this. So I think lovingly speaking into it from as other believers is a really good idea, as long as we do it fairly and, and gracefully and judiciously. And I, I think it's what you guys do. It's one thing I appreciate, again, about ministry-wise. I'm not trying to do an advertisement for you, but uh, there's a lot of people that love to watch other people and their screw-ups. And a lot of times it's because we have our own axes. We're still grinding from our own past. We're, we're angry at Christians. We're angry at the church. Even if we are Christian, there's people that are just grinding. You know this. Uh, to have, but to have it done from a standpoint of, no, this is a work of love, um, but these things need to change, I think is, is really worthwhile and healthy. Well, I appreciate that good word very much. And of course, Brand, I really appreciate your work as well, your books uh, and your other work, and also for speaking out in this particular way with these articles uh, that you have written, which I think are very appropriate speaking into the cultural moment that we find ourselves right now, especially the cultural moment in Christian radio. So thanks for being on the program. Thanks for your good words about Ministry Watch, and also thanks for your um, um, well-timed and badly needed word uh, of correction um, to the ministry itself. Thanks. I'm happy to do it. And I do want to say one more thing, just so it goes on the record again. There are tons of great people who are the inverse of this narcissistic bullying approach. And so I don't want people walking away like, like with that impression. There's, a, there's, there's stations I cannot get enough of because of their hearts. So there's people I cannot get enough of. You could not find more authentic people on and off the microphone. There are situations like that, but man, yeah, this is, this is a serious problem too. And, and honest people know it, I think. 
Well, that's a good final word, so I will let you have that as the final word. Thanks, Brian Hansen, for being <laughs> Thanks, on the man. program. God bless you. Thanks. That brings to a close my conversation with Brant Hansen. Brant Hansen is heard on hundreds of Christian radio stations around the country. In 2008 and 2011, he was named the Christian Broadcaster of the Year. He's also written a number of books, but I'd like to recommend his 2017 book, Blessed Are the Misfits. The subtitle is Great News for Believers Who Are Introverts, Spiritual Strugglers, or Just Feel Like They're Missing Something. It's funny, vulnerable, insightful. It's a book that I really recommend. And while we're talking about books, I hope you'll indulge me a moment of shameless self-promotion. I want to remind you that my book, Faith-Based Fraud, is finally available for sale to the public. Last year, we self-published an edition of just 500 copies and gave them away to our donors. Thanks to the generosity of many of you, those books didn't last long. And that motivated us to find a real publisher, you might say, Wild Blue Press out of Denver, Colorado. And they've brought the book out in paperback and ebooks so far. We've got an audio and hardback version coming out in a couple of weeks. You can find them by going to Amazon or other online book retailers. And I hope you'll get a copy today. I want to let you know that 100% of the author royalties for this book go not to me, but to Ministry Watch. So buy yourself a copy and one for your pastor. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosell and Steve Gandy. We get database and other technical support from Kathy Goddard, Stephen DeBerry, and Casey Suddeth. I'm Warren Smith, and until next time, may God bless you.